Hey friends, welcome to the Stitch Strong podcast with your hosts, Candice and Kerry, the podcast where we dive deep into the threads of generational trauma, mental health, healing, and relationships. Tune in for authentic conversations, expert guests, and practical tools for personal growth. Let's stitch ourselves stronger one episode at a time. are sharing our lives of healing, of moving from trauma to triumph, from um, wounds to wisdom, from pain to power. And we're hoping to create a space for you all to explore those themes as well. So welcome. And today we're talking about a heavy subject, which Mm -hmm. is shame. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, okay. So shame, that is a very, very heavy subject. Um, so let's start off by, you know, what is shame to you? What does shame feel like to you? And what is it? Shame is the worst emotion. I think out of all of the emotions, it is like the the bottom of the barrel it's where all of the dirt and the scum and the grime exists and it can shrink us like I feel very small when I feel shame I feel like I don't want people to see me I want to I want to hide I want to you know I in many ways just I don't want to be seen right it's it's a horrible feeling of like something's wrong with me. Everything's wrong with me. I'm the worst this. I'm the worst that. Um, Like your inner critic is just alive and thriving and and taking up all of the space in the room. That's, that's what it is to me. How about for you? So before I answer that question, so it sounds like you take shame as um, personal. It's like a, it's a bad thing against you. You take it as that. Well, to me, yeah, like, and I think overall, if we're just talking about shame in general, I still stand by it being like one of the, um, I would say it's one of the most dangerous emotions that, um, that shame keeps people stuck in toxic cycles. Mm -hmm. Shame keeps people in places where they don't belong that don't serve them anymore. Like shame holds people back. It keeps them from healing. I really think shame is the cuffs that keep people from from their being able to heal and move forward in a lot of ways. So is there any positives to shame? Ooh, good question. Uh, is there any positives to shame? I don't think so. Because I think that, you know, If you do something bad, if you hurt another person, that if you feel shame, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to take accountability for what you did in hurting that person. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to change your behavior moving forward. So shame really, it condemns us, right? It's, it is that you're so bad. You suck. You're the worst. But when you're convicted, that means you're taking accountability for what you did to hurt another person or whatever you did wrong, that you have, you know, self-awareness 
and are going to move forward in a different way that you're convicted to change. And that's, that's more positive, right? So I don't honestly, at this point in my life, think that, that there are positives to shame. I think it's just very dangerous and toxic and, um, yeah. That's really interesting that you say that because, you know, I have started to believe that actually no emotion is bad to feel mm. and that, and that, and that's how I feel about anger, which we will talk about in another episode, but I used to always fear anger. So I can see that shame and guilt are, are bad feelings to have I get that they're not they're negative feelings they're horrible but I also think that actually sometimes it's it's and I you know I'm just thinking this through now but actually I don't know if the feeling itself is what's bad I feel that maybe it's if we get stuck in it then that might be a different thing but actually you know if somebody has done something wrong, feeling a little bit of shamed about it and then using that feeling to never want to feel that feeling again so they never do that thing again, then actually maybe that is a positive to it because, you know, it's there for a reason. Of course, if you stay stuck in it and it just, you never change your behavior and you never use it for that reason, then I think that's a whole different thing. And of course, that is incredibly toxic and horrible, but I think you can use it to never feel that feeling again. To never feel what feeling again? Shame. To never to never do something again that makes you feel that that kind of shame. You know, yeah. and this is what I'm talking about. And there's a lot of layers to shame because we take on a lot of other people's shame and that is never okay. And that's not us. And that's the same with guilt. But sometimes if we've done something and we feel shame around it, then if it makes us feel that, okay, I don't want to ever be feeling this again... Can that be a positive? I would say there's a different, but that's where I would raise the difference between shame and guilt. I I can feel guilty about something that I did and then be convicted to change. I think shame very much is an emotion that just people get stuck in. I don't think it's an emotion that people move through. And that's why I think shame is dangerous as an emotion. And I'm with you. I think people need to feel all of their feelings and that your feelings are valid no matter what people say and that you have to, you know, go through the process of feeling and releasing to, to walk forward. But I do think there's the, there is a huge difference between guilt and shame and, um, and, and what, what I hear in your description, how I would resonate with that is, okay, I, I called someone a horrible name. And then I reflect on it and that didn't sit right with me. And I reflect on my behavior and I recognize it is not okay to call someone an insulting name, right? And I feel guilty about that. So then maybe I apologize and I own it. Whereas if I call someone a bad name and I reflect on it or someone tells me that wasn't okay, like, Carrie, why would you do that? It's either someone or your inner critic, right? So Carrie, why would you do that? You're a horrible person. How dare you insult them in that way? That's when shame comes in. And shame starts to speak to who you are. It speaks to your identity in a really harming way versus guilt is is more of a 10,000 foot view. I can look at my behaviors in a productive way and want to change them moving forward, but it doesn't necessarily say that I'm a horrible person and it doesn't necessarily speak into my identity and who I am. Okay. 
That's how I see it. How do you see shame? Um, I don't know because like I, I, I said this to Kerry before is that shame wasn't really something an, an emotion that I acknowledged that much of probably because I felt so much shame in my childhood that I have probably done everything to not feel it as an adult to this extent of trying to be perfect and so it's not something I even realized I know I was always riddled with guilt and it was only until somebody said to me recently that's shame and I was like shame I just don't identify with this word so I don't know that I have um strong enough like opinions for it or against it or you know in that respect I hear what you're saying I don't disagree with what you're saying at all I think you know it sounds like you're speaking from a place of you feeling the shame and I don't know like I said I feel like I've only really ever known other people's shame and not necessarily so much of my own but maybe I'm maybe I'm not thinking about this in the right way um yeah like I said does that make sense? Yeah. I wonder if you can feel someone else's shame or if that's just your own shame, that you're ashamed of being associated with that person. And so, because to, to me, I can recognize when other people are being shamed, but I don't carry shame for other people. I think shame is a very personal emotion that it is, that shame really is. I am this, I am bad because I'm associated with an alcoholic or I am bad because I'm an alcoholic or I am not worthy because X, Y, Z. I really do think shame is rooted in I am and it's in shame is speaking to your identity. And so I wonder what, what do you, can you speak more to what it looks like to carry another person's shame? So I hear that and that does make sense but I feel that you know when you experience trauma as a child and you almost carry the identity of feeling responsible for someone else I feel that you you become it like you feel those feelings for them that they should be feeling to change themselves they're not changing themselves they're blotting themselves out with whatever they're doing, but you very much feel it. And then I think it creates that persona for you of I'm not good enough. I'm not this. And then that creates, I guess, the shame within, you know, me that I'm not good enough for them to change. I'm not good enough mm-hmm. for them to to do these things. Like, you know, I think that to me is shame, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe no. I've never felt it. But that, that's what I, what I, um, that's the way that, I can see it. I think probably some of that is embarrassment as well. And and that probably feeds into it as well. But I, yeah, yeah. I feel that it's like, it's that thing of when you can see somebody is doing something so wrong and they should feel ashamed, but they just refuse to, and they might be feeling it, but they will never acknowledge it. And they're just continuing to hurt lots of people around them. I think that you can feel that surely. Yeah. And I think what you're describing is that shame that's not yours to carry, which is what happens in childhood trauma. The shame isn't yours to carry, but it doesn't mean that you're not carrying that shame. Because if you were to put statements to what you're describing about the adults around you and what they were doing and, and what it meant of you, what would those statements sound like? 
that I'm not good enough. That oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not loved. I'm, I'm not, not loved. I, no one cares. No one you cares. Know, I'm just here. I'm just a burden. I'm, you know. I'm a burden. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, that is a big one. And I hear it all the time as well. And, you know, you're just trying to find your way, but you're in a trauma response the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to navigate that. And I think you take on a lot of people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the, that's again, the really dangerous uh, part of shame is that what, what I think a lot of us who've experienced childhood trauma, the adults who inflicted that childhood trauma have loads of shame that they're carrying really heavy amounts of shame. And then it becomes like a tornado and it's, and then it's wrecking all of the relationships around them and causing further shame. It's like, you know, you take the example of an abusive father who maybe was abused by his father and now is abusing his son. And he's repeating those same shame messages to his son, right? That like, you're, you're a piece of shit. You're stupid. You're never going to be anything in life. But really those are like what he believes of himself. And that's the shame that he's been carrying. Um, and, and so shame can be transferred so easily and really wreck everything in its course. And I think it's a shame that that's part of generational trauma, right? That carrying something that's not yours to carry. Yeah. And I think that's shame. I think that's shame in general. I I think that is, I know that's it. That is you know, everything is exactly a generational trauma of just carrying other people's stuff, but also the, so how do you stop shame? How do you stop it from passing down? Yeah. I, I just was talking about this recently with someone and, and or actually, I think I was like at a conference and we were talking about the idea of connection and how connection is oxygen. Connection is water connection is so crucial to our survival, healthy, caring, consistent connections. And that connection pulls us out of shame spirals. So I think everyone has moments of shame where you make a mistake at work and then you're thinking, I'm the worst employee. I am the worst manager. I am, you know, you start to to get into those shame messages, but it's the second that you can pick up the phone and call someone that supports you, that loves you, that's rooting for you and tell them the situation. And they're like, no, you're not the worst manager. You're not the worst employee. You're an amazing employee. You just made a mistake. That's okay. That happens sometimes. You need to give yourself a break. Why are you being so hard on yourself? You know, you, you led your team to do all of these amazing things, right? They remind you who you are in those moments And I think if people don't have someone, at least one person who they're connected to, who can remind them who they are when they start to shame spiral, that that shame becomes heavier and heavier and darker and darker. And then it becomes really hard to climb out of. And so I I do think that the solution to shame is being connected and having healthy, healthy, caring, supportive relationships in your life. And I think I recognize when I look at people who are just so deep down in their shame, they don't have that. 
they're absent of connection, they're absent of relationship. And even in my own moments of being really in my own shame, I recognize how easy it was to go deeper into isolation where when you let the, when you don't share something that you're feeling and you let the shame grow, then you start to put yourself further into isolation and it becomes harder for someone to pull you out of the shame spiral. Yeah. And so shame can cause you to self-sabotage your relationship. So a lot of people that, you know, don't have those connections are probably because they've sabotaged them to an extent because they feel so much shame as well, which is sad and and it is this this spiral so the the other thing apart from about shame and I totally agree with you in terms of talking about it I honestly feel that that changes it like being able to talk about it I feel loosens its grip on you and um the more you do that I think there's a power in that um but also being compassionate to yourself I think especially you know especially if it's your shame you're carrying in terms of, you know, we're all human. We, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. And sometimes it's coming from that place of fear of failure and um, all of those fears that come up as well. So it's just a a cobweb, like a whole web of inner wounds that all kind of get tangled together. But it's okay to be, you know, to be like, it's okay. It's okay that you made a mistake. It's okay that you did this. It's okay that you reacted to something, you know, you know, when we experience anxiety or we experience something, it can cause us to react in a way that we might not be that proud of. And that's okay. Like time passes and these things pass and and actually holding on to them and hating yourself for it is only going to make it worse that part again say it louder for the people in the back yeah holding on to it and hating yourself is only going to make it worse yeah yeah absolutely and you know there's something to be said about you know holding on to some of these like things we're actually keeping them alive and sometimes it's just letting them go and just accepting they've happened you can't actually change the past and you can only use them to ensure that you do not do the same thing again that's going to make you feel this way again yeah I love that saying or quote or whatever that mold grows in darkness right but the second that you expose mold to light it starts to shrink and, and you can kill the mold that way. And shame is very much, it's the same way. Um, so for, for you and reflecting and your past and coming yeah. from a place of, you know, as a child, feeling all of the shame for your parents and the circumstances that you were in. Yeah. What are some of the big milestone moments where your shame started to transform into something else or where you were able to start to let go of it? Um, I think it depends on what it was when I, when you, when you say that, I think there's the, when I think about the situations where shame has really carried me heavily and, and there's two in particular, there's when I think about my whole childhood and growing up as an only child with um, alcoholics, I every second was shame, guilt, fear everything that you can ever imagine and 
you know you because of their shame they they wanted you to be silenced so it very much showed up in that way like you were saying of like it keeps you really small and shut up and afraid to speak and I think for me I was really lucky because I just didn't shut up I was very vocal all the time which they hated but also it's probably the thing that kept me sane um but I think the shame of that stayed with me for many years because those situations never changed for me even to this day um but I would say that just being able to vocalize it even just be able to vocalize it right now um without feeling terrified or trauma or anything like that this is huge but to be fair it probably took me up until now to get to this point because there's a lot there's a lot I had to talk and talk and talk and talk and understand and understand and understand and process to rid that shame from me and pass it back to them you know Mm -hmm. let go of it and say no sorry I'm not responsible for this I don't wish it on anyone else but I'm not carrying this any longer but I feel like that stayed with me for a long time but I do feel like talking is the um even if you're not talking to someone else it's actually I think a lot of it is just accepting what's happened in terms of like acknowledging it I think that's a big thing because I think a lot of us when we grow up in houses that are dysfunctional we think it's normal because that's all we've ever seen and actually you know I speak to a lot of people that they don't fully really believe or understand the abuse that they've experienced and how that is showing up in their lives and actually by accepting that and um acknowledging that I think also gets rid of some of the shame as well from you that it wasn't your fault that it wasn't you it wasn't personal to you um so that is one way I think about it and then the other thing would be for me is that I you know I grew up in this really neglectful house and I had some people that pretended to want to take care of me and save me essentially from this house and actually you know they it wasn't the case you know they were a paedophile and so I kept that shame my entire childhood again until I got to the age of 21 and I literally woke up one day I thought I'd keep this for the rest of my life because it was a family member and you know and I literally woke up one day and I was like oh my god this has to come out I have to tell and when I did that I feel like the shame of that just just went away for me like it was it was I don't know if it was the even though I didn't necessarily get full justice in that situation I feel like I'd taken control of it and I decided it was no longer mine I'm not the, I'm not having this and I feel that that was a huge transformation moment in my life where I was able to leave that behind me for that reason it was no longer mine to carry yeah you brought light to the situation yeah yeah exactly um I think sometimes that is easier to do depending on what the situation is. But overall, I would say that is always the, what helps I find. And and at that point when you woke up and, and said, you know, I'm, I can't carry this anymore. And I think that's like, I really resonate with that. Also my own experience and like coming forward about um, my, the sexual, sexual abuse that I had experienced was just like, this is way too heavy. And I, I've, you just feel yourself buckling after so many years of carrying something that heavy, but I'm curious what it looked like for you in terms of your support system at that time. 
who was your support system? Like, would you characterize it as strong at that point? Like it takes courage to come forward about that. And so do you think there were factors at play that helped you to come forward? Well, this is the funny thing about it is when I was growing up, I had two people that were my bestest friends and, and luckily they were the only people in the world that knew this secret that I carried. And thank God I had that. And that really helped. And they helped me to see that wasn't normal because <laughs> you do question yourself. And then, um, actually what was interesting is when I got to the, when I got to 21 and this, this thing came out of me, they actually were really far away. They were away at that time for a really, period of time so they actually weren't anywhere near me and so it was actually in theory one of the worst times I could have waited to do it but it got to a point where it was like it just had to come out so the support system I'd always had wasn't there at the time and then you know I think at that time my relationship with my family was very different to what it is now I don't have a relationship with my family but that was many years ago but back then I was still very much involved in the generational trauma that was going on in my family so I guess um my support system that I used was I guess my family which in theory wasn't really the healthy or helpful thing to do so no I feel like at that point a support system is so important I totally agree but I feel like at that point I just found it within myself to be like okay I've had it but I feel like up until that point having that support system is important being able to tell someone and then just say it's okay it's not normal this is this is you're okay I think changes everything because I think people just carry so much shame that they actually think like I actually thought is this me is that have I am I you know am I the problem here yeah and I think that's something that so many people think and I know if you've experienced sexual abuse as a child or anything and then um you know you really honestly question everything right you know about the whole situation everything like is this right is this normal is this what people do they're, they're like you just don't know um so I think being able to talk about it with someone and someone saying no no that's not normal I think is so like it takes the weight off your shoulders and I fully believe that yeah no I, I and I'm hearing what you're saying like you almost dipped your feet into the water by telling your friends first. And when they were able to respond with compassion, when they were able to validate what happened to you, it it like loosens the shackles of shame a little bit. And so you almost, you loosened the shackles a little bit before you fully came forward in public about what had happened because you knew, right. That there were some people in your corner who didn't believe the lies that shame was telling you who did believe that you were worthy of love, who did believe that you were, you know, that this was not your fault, who were speaking, they were speaking truth against what shame was telling you about who you were. And I think that's really a powerful part of, of transforming shame. And, And that's what happens when you come forward. And it also can have the opposite effect where like, in my case, you know, the first time I came forward, as a kid and was not believed by my parents, it added more shame and it just layered the, I'm bad. I caused this, the, the lies that were there. And I, I may have said this on our last episode, but I recently learned that shame is a protective mechanism for ourselves because when you're a victim of abuse, particularly because if you can 
especially as a kid, look at a situation and say, okay, my dad is beating me. It must be me. I did something bad. Then that gives you a false sense of control over the situation so that you could potentially keep yourself safe moving forward by changing your behavior. So if you're telling yourself, I'm bad, this is my fault, then that's a way of you taking back power. And that's a way of you being able to to stand in a path that like, okay, at least something here is in my control. So maybe next time if I do the dishes and I vacuum and I clean the house before dad gets home, then he won't take out his anger on me. He won't beat me and, and I'll be able to stay safe. So it's amazing how the mind and the body will use these different emotions and these different tools to keep you safe. And I guess going back to your question early on in this episode, when you said, are there any positive aspects to shame that that can sort of be seen as, as maybe a small sliver of a a positive aspect in a survival mode, but it's not, it really doesn't serve you long-term. And it's really not like I, you think about a little boy in that situation, that's not your shame to carry. That's not your fault, buddy. Like that there's nothing you could do to change the way that your dad acted towards you. Yeah, absolutely. And enter people pleasers. That's exactly how they're created. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) And we actually have so many people pleasers in this world. I mean, pretty much nearly everyone will say that they are that's exactly how it's created it might not be a dad hitting you but it definitely is that where you learn as a coping mechanism trauma response to please other people to get the love that you actually deserve without doing that um but yeah like you said we learn that as children to survive but then the problem is, is that we carry those coping mechanisms into our relationships so we become people pleasers in our relationships and actually put everyone else first before us. And actually it doesn't end in happiness. Yeah. And I think what you're describing and whether it's your people pleaser, whether it's narcissism, all of these different labels that we have, it's the remnants of shame that you may not still be carrying the heaviness and you're in the darkness and you feel isolated and and the lies are really loud, but like in those moments of being a people pleaser or like what you and I were talking about is I, there are still instances in my relationships in my life where I heal hear those lies still pop up that I am a burden that I am not worthy. And, and so that's where, when people say healing is a lifelong journey, it's not linear. You have to constantly be practicing, you know, choosing a different way forward. That's a big part of it is to be able to have self-awareness and recognize I'm hearing that little lie in my head again that says I'm a burden or I'm not worthy. And that's not true. That's old shame showing up. And so I have to choose differently so that I can also set healthy boundaries in my relationships so that I can also choose healthy relationships that, you know, are, are not rooted in old wounds. Yeah, absolutely. And that is so true. And, and one that I've spoke about recently, um, is for me is I'm not a priority very much withers its way through my entire life and I've only fully realized the extent of that because it actually doesn't show up in my mind in terms of like I'm not a priority it doesn't come up like that but it definitely shows up in my reality and I act from that place because really it's the shame of that I felt because I definitely was not prioritized as a child I was severely neglected Mm. so 
that like sticks with you. So yours is the burden thing. And I definitely used to feel the burden thing. And I'm sure that it definitely um, can show up. But for me, it's that I'm not a prioritizer and no one cares. They are two that literally and that just stick. And that is just the shame of actually, of course, I should have been my parents priority of course I should have been that was never that was never even a question I should have been that but I wasn't that and that was nothing to do with me but I have to carry it for the whole of my life and it has to be that thing of me consciously doing the work to change that Mm -hmm. and so can you give a specific example of an incident where that shows up just to give people a really clear picture I have an incident. I have a very, like it's, it can show up in the simplest ways. It doesn't have to be a big way. And I think for me, it's like, sometimes I struggle to ask people for help and it can be a very simple thing, like carrying grocery bags or (laughs) somebody, somebody helping me to um, hang a picture, something very simple where it's like, no, because I don't want to be a burden. Like I don't want to inconvenience them, inconvenience their time, their schedule, their days. And so I'll just, I have to figure it out on my own. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I have to work at releasing that every day and, and letting people help me and learning to ask for help and learning that I don't have to do everything on my own. And a big part of that is telling myself, I'm not a burden. It's okay to ask people for help. It's okay to, to lean on others. So I'm curious if you can think of some of those incidents as an example, and I'm not a priority. I think it's when people, um, might, I think it seeps into like, you know, relationships where it's like, I feel like when people might choose to do other things over me or spend time with other people more and more than me or something like that. And even though it's actually not the case because I am a priority, but it's like, it's almost like it's never enough because it always feeds into that thing of I'm not a priority. I'm not a priority. I have to be the number one priority for me to feel okay. But the biggest problem here is that we're not our our number one priorities. And that that is the biggest trick because, you know, because we have these wounds and it's like, well, certainly for me, it's like, um, I'm, you know, there's that little child inside of me that desperately wants to be prioritized and deserve to be prioritized and wasn't prioritized. And so that's where you get to acknowledge that and be like, it's okay. Like I need to prioritize me. And that's the only way somebody else can prioritize me too. And actually the more you focus on that thing of I'm not prioritized, I'm not prioritized. That's what shows up. And actually it's not the case. And actually focusing on actually where you are prioritized is really important because I definitely can see this has happened in all of my relationships even friendships um so it's always those beliefs that are like popping up that no somebody else is always chosen over me mm. and and it's so funny because then it's it goes into the self-sabotaging that because we have these beliefs then we can purposely push people away or not even realize that we're doing it but push people away and we do the opposite of what we want and need and then it can start the cycle all over again if we're not aware of it and, and can vocalize and choose differently. So it's so, it's, it's really a hard, it's a hard emotion to unpack. It's hilarious that we started with this one and I think we'll have to keep revisiting this in, in future episodes. But I, I think my takeaways from this conversation is that the antidote to shame is connection 
having supportive relationships, compassion, as you said, I think before our call started and self-compassion that you need both. You need compassion from the people in your lives, but you also have to give yourself love, grace, support, the ability to rewrite those old narratives with new and, and really true truths, right? What, what do you think? What would you add to that? Or what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I, to- I totally, totally, totally agree. Um, I mean, you definitely said it. I think that is true. I think the only thing that I would think is just um, some level of acceptance has to be in there as well, I think. Mm, um, yeah. Acceptance of what's been and what, you know, it's okay. And, and it's it just accept it for what it is kind of thing rather than, beating ourselves up about it and holding on to it I think it has to just be okay to acknowledge it and and move forward and it's okay to move forward everybody has things you know um it's okay like you don't have to live in that yeah yeah and you're not alone that's the other thing is, is shame really wants to keep you alone and I think that's why it's so impactful to have spaces and places like our friendship is is really special because we can relate to one another and mm-hmm. we can share with one another the things like, I think, you know, um, shame doesn't make you feel normal. Like it, it is very much like you're alone. You're this, you're the weirdo, you're the problem. And being able to be with someone else who has experienced the same thing, yeah. you mm-hmm. also are like, oh, it's not just me who feels this way. You feel this way too. And then you can start to release that and, that's why some of these peer support programs are so effective in the world, right? Like Alcoholics Anonymous, because it creates a space where people can show up and they don't have to just be ashamed that they can really speak their truth and be understood without judgment. And that's what a lot of people need. They need to, to be able to have spaces where they can speak their truth without judgment. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. And I feel, yeah, that changed everything for me. And I think this is why I do what I do and why we're doing what we're doing now because it's like it's not like stop carrying this like it's okay let's speak out against it and let's break the mold of it because it's like I wish I had some of these mediums that are available now and that you know we're creating because you know for a long time I carried it by myself thinking I was the crazy one or the 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 problem and now I realize that I'm not and so I want other people to realize that too yeah, to break that for sure. Absolutely. It it's lies for sure. Well, I loved this conversation and I know we're going to have to unpack this more on future episodes because it, it really does trickle into so many aspects of your life if you've experienced hard things. And, yeah. um, and so, and definitely one to put a pen in. Yeah, definitely. And I think all the emotions kind of get entwined anyway. So I'm sure they'll all kind of come up. Um, So yeah, till next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, how did you feel? Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow for more and connect with us on IG at Stitched Strong. See you next time.